The annual meeting of the American Medical Association House of Delegates is currently underway in Chicago. At the meeting, members of the powerful trade organization will vote on the policy issues they want to prioritize in the coming year and inaugurate a new president. I'm Jay Carlisle Larson, and this is Just Healthcare Daily. It's Monday, June 12th. On today's episode, we listen to my conversation with Dr. Jesse Ehrenfeld, president-elect of the AMA. He's also a senior associate dean and a professor of anesthesiology at the Medical College of Wisconsin. He's also the director of the Advancing a Healthier Wisconsin Endowment. Dr. Ehrenfeld and I spoke a couple of weeks ago, ahead of the AMA's annual meeting. He'll be inaugurated as the 178th president of the AMA tomorrow for a year-long term. As part of our conversation, Dr. Ehrenfeld told me more about some of the initiatives he'll pursue during his term. I'm going to be leading our recovery plan for America's physicians. Uh, That's going to be among my top priorities. We launched this effort last year because we know firsthand um, that physicians have really just put everything everything they've got into our nation's response to COVID. And now it's time for the nation to renew its commitment to physicians in assuring up our healthcare system that is really in crisis. So as I take on the role of president, I will continue to lead our charge to prioritize that effort. It includes things like reforming Medicare payments to physicians, improving telehealth, reducing the stigma around mental health care, as well as, as burnout. I'm also going to continue AMA's work pushing for changes that are really designed to improve the health of everyone in the U.S., uh, particularly those who have been historically marginalized. And and I will tell you, issues of LGBTQ health and health equity are close to my heart. They have been a long focus of my work in medicine and will certainly be an important part of my work in the year ahead. Let's take a deeper dive into some of those agenda items. You mentioned addressing burnout among physicians as a priority. Can you talk a bit more about how the American Medical Association plans on addressing physician burnout? And what are some of the actionable steps you think that the AMA can take? So we have never seen the levels of physician burnout and physicians reporting symptoms of burnout at any point in American history that we have right now. Um, And the best data comes from some survey work done out of the Mayo Clinic. And this is reflective of a number of things, the stress of the pandemic, but also the fact that we've got a lot of systemic problems that have sucked the joy out of the practice of medicine for a lot of physicians. So we've got to reduce physician burnout. We've got to get it through causes. But we've also got to address the stigma around getting mental health services when you need it as a physician. So um, we did get the Dr. Lorna Breen Healthcare Provider Act passed last year. It was something that we strongly pushed for, um, but we've got to get other regulatory legislative solutions to provide more funding, more resources to support the mental health needs of physicians. Uh, We continue to work with a lot of our state medical association partners and other organizations to identify and get rid of outdated stigmatizing language on medical licensing applications, as well as employment and credentialing forms. Uh, And we've been doing a lot in in partnership with the the Dr. Lorna Breen um, Heroes Foundation. Um, A lot of these stigmatizing questions, they ask things about past diagnoses. Have you ever received therapy? Um, Those should be replaced with questions about 
current impairment, which is the only relevant point that one ought to be asking on a medical license or, or credentialing form. The other uh, area that we've been very active in is, is around um, creating confidential physician wellness programs. Not every state has a confidential physician wellness program. When a physician needs coaching, needs counseling, um, needs other services to address their burnout, stress, a substance use problem, uh, or other similar situation, they need a confidential place to go. And we've been working to, uh, to make sure that those places expand. When it comes to burnout, the pandemic really exacerbated an issue that had been simmering for a while. Do you think that uh, either AMA members, hospitals, other healthcare organizations will be more receptive to some of the changes that the AMA is recommending, you know, as we're in this phase of COVID? Yeah, I, I think so. You know, it, it, it's an epidemic, right? 63% of physicians are reporting signs of burnout they're reporting emotional exhaustion at least once a week. We have just never seen this happen at this scale. And, and I think what's helpful is people are recognizing these are not personal failures. It's not that I'm just not a strong enough person, that I don't have enough personal resilience. These are driven by systematic issues. It's driven by the fact that we have to jump through so many hoops to get our patients what they need. We have to fight with insurance companies to get prior authorizations approved for routine medications, routine procedures. Those things are exhausting. And obviously all of the regulatory challenges have just been layered on top of um, other challenges for physicians. And that's really what's driving these things. So we, we continue to try to think about how do we remove uh, unnecessary work at the system level how do we make it easier for physicians to practice medicine? And that's really what we have to do to get rid of the root causes of a lot of the burnout. You mentioned at the beginning of our conversation that another issue the AMA is looking to address is Medicare reimbursements. Can you talk a little bit more about how the AMA wants to address this? Yeah, so it's, it's pretty shocking, actually. Um, physician payment in Medicare is not inflation adjusted, unlike healthcare systems, other facilities. And so we were able to avoid a massive cut to physician payments this past year, uh, and we only got a 2% cut in physician payments uh, starting in January of 2023. Um, it would have been an 8.5% cut to physician payments. What this does is it threatens seniors' access to care. If Congress doesn't act this year, we'll have cuts again starting in 2024. These cuts cause serious disruption to physician practices. And so we see physicians who just make their really hard decision that they can no longer take Medicare. My parents' doctors decided that they could no longer do it. Um, and so they opted out of Medicare, and my parents had to go and find a new doctor. That is incredibly disruptive for, for patients. So uh, we've got to make sure that we've got a sustainable, rational payment system. We have neither right now. And there's widespread agreement across all of medicine that it's time to get rid of this annual stop the cut nonsense, exercise uh, work to educate Congress about the flaws of the current Medicare payment approach, and devise a more permanent solution. And that's going to be a major focus of our advocacy in the coming months. Let's talk about the nature of being a physician today. We've talked about burnout. We've talked about compensation and reimbursement. And overall, being a physician has changed a lot and is still changing. You know, the largest employer of physicians today is United Healthcare, and there are fewer independent practices. 
You've been part of the AMA for quite a while, but as you step into this role, what does this signal to you as well as the organization? And what would you like to see change when it comes to how physicians practice? You know, there's a lot of health challenges in healthcare today. Um, and despite the fact that our healthcare system is in crisis, despite the fact that so many of my colleagues are at their breaking point, I, I'm, I am so optimistic about the future. I am so optimistic about what lies ahead and, and where I know I can help lead America's physicians and the AMA. We can get this right. We can work to heal our nation. We can restore the joy to the practice of medicine, but it's only going to happen if we let physicians practice medicine. It's only going to happen if we let medicine be driven by science, by our understanding of the human body, of, of health and, and of disease, if we restore trust in the healthcare system, and if fundamentally we allow patients to decide with their doctor what's in their best interest. And we can only get there with the leadership of the AMA, and I'm proud to be able to hopefully make a difference uh, in the coming year. Dr. Aaron Feld, there's a generational shift underway at the AMA. Um, and to focus on the organization itself, you know, you're one of the youngest presidents elected to the role. You know, earlier in our conversation, you mentioned that LGBTQ plus issues are close to your heart. And, you know, you'll be the first openly gay leader of the AMA. How do you see broader acceptance and uh, generational change impacting the AMA and how people outside the organization view it? Um, well, you're right on all those fronts. And I would also add, I'm the first AMA president to have a child while in office. Um, so, you know, uh, one of the youngest, the first gay person, the first person to have kids. You know, certainly my experiences in medicine, my, my passion to be a champion for health equity, my work around trying to champion the development of technologies that work for all patients, all of that deeply influences my, my perspectives and my work in representing physicians across America. What is really powerful about the AMA, I have to say, though, is you know, we're, we're a 176-year-old organization founded in 1847, and the power of the AMA is the power of the democratic process. When, when I speak to you, when I go on TV, when I'm at the White House, I'm not representing Jesse Ehrenfeld's opinions. I'm representing the democratically decided policies of the association. And we convene twice a year in Chicago and in another city. It rotates around uh, more than 190 states, medical specialty societies, associations to come together to, in open debate, decide what should the AMA's position on important issues like gun violence, like abortion, like gender-affirming care be. And so those debates, obviously, uh, as our nation's perspectives have shifted, have also changed. And I've seen that in my 20 plus years being a part of the AMA. I think we've got really phenomenal policy that is aligned with where America needs to go. And I look forward to continuing to, to push that forward. What might we see from the AMA in the coming year on some of those big systemic issues that you just mentioned? Well, I'm an optimist, but I also recognize the political reality of the gridlock that we've got in Washington, and, and that, that is a challenge. You know, you take just the issue of gun violence, and, and let me just say that I think about gun violence kind of from three perspectives. So we have an epidemic of gun violence in America, but I think about it as a dad, I think about it as a combat veteran, and I think about it as a physician. As a dad with two young kids, I dropped my son off at school this morning, and I ought to be able to expect that he's going to be safe in the school protected from harm, be in a place of learning. 
But the sad truth is that he is more likely to die from a gunshot than anything else in the world today. Gunshots are the leading cause of death of kids and teenagers. It used to be cars, and it's not because cars have gotten that much safer or drivers that much better in the last three years. It's because we're seeing a rash of gun violence. You know, I'm a combat veteran. I did 10 years in the Navy, deployed overseas, was in Afghanistan. I know how to use a semi-automatic rifle. Uh, In fact, I earned my sharpshooter badge. I understand the power of these weapons of war. There's simply no reason they should be in the hands of civilians. And the AMA has strong policy advocating for common sense reforms. And as a physician, you know, who works in the operating room and the trauma bay, I have seen the devastation firsthand that these weapons cause. I've heard the screams from the family members when they've lost a loved one. I have seen the unstoppable bleeding from the horrific injuries that they cause. And so, you know, there's been some slight movement in Congress to do meaningful firearm legislation, but not nearly enough. And uh, the, the 2022 law isn't a panacea. There is so much work that we need to get done to prevent firearm violence. And, uh, you know, the funny thing is that uh, there's very clear polling data. The majority of Americans support common sense gun reform, support background checks, support banning these extended magazines support getting rid of these ghost gun loopholes, and yet we just have not seen federal action on those things. So we'll we'll continue to push on it. It's important for the safety of America. It's important for America's health. But I do uh, worry about the fact that we haven't been able to get a whole lot of bipartisan agreement in Congress uh, on much of anything lately. So in order to work on some of these issues, the AMA will need to partner with state and federal lawmakers in order to not only make the case for broad issues like gun reform, but even more physician-specific issues like Medicare reimbursements, as we've already discussed. How do you see the AMA making the case for all these issues with lawmakers um, and other officials in the coming year? Well, you know, I, I think we are seen as the most influential and the most representative physicians group in the nation. We're a household name. Uh, we've been around for a long time, and we continue to build relationships with lawmakers at the, the state and the federal level. Um, and we obviously use all of the tools in our um, uh, toolbox uh, through judicial processes, uh, regulatory approaches, and obviously uh, the legislative process to try to elevate policies that are in the best interest of both physicians and and patients. And uh, while there is tremendous division in our nation right now on the political spectrum, um, I know that physicians can bring people together. I know that we can help heal America, and I look forward to continuing uh, to do that in the coming year. That was Dr. Jesse Ehrenfeld, president-elect of the American Medical Association. He'll be inaugurated as the president tomorrow, June 13th, during the AMA's annual meeting in Chicago. Dr. Ehrenfeld is also a senior associate dean and a professor of anesthesiology at the Medical College of Wisconsin. This is Just Healthcare Daily. I'm Jay Carlisle Larson. Thank you so much for listening. If you like the show, please leave us a rating or a review. It helps other listeners find the program. We'll be back with healthcare business and policy news updates tomorrow, as always, in 10 minutes or less. You can check out more insights on healthcare business and policy news at gisthealthcare.com. You can also get these insights emailed directly to your inbox when you subscribe to our newsletter, The Weekly Gist. 
The GIST Healthcare Daily Podcast is an independent production of GIST Healthcare, a Kaufman Hall company.